When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. It's the Irish boys again. Paddy and Neil, we're back again to talk to you today about just, a, I suppose, really any news. What has it been? 24 hours since we last spoke, Paddy? No, it's been a bit more, about 48 hours. But since then, we've had uh, strikers leaving, potentially strikers coming in, number eight coming in. We've had a new kit and we've had another win. So it's been pretty much, I suppose, a lot of positives. Um, Barris was uh, strikers leaving over the last couple of days and um, hopefully we're going to try and break all that down for you. Paddy, how are you doing today on this wonderful Friday morning? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. Sun is shining, brand yeah, fresh morning. Lovely fresh morning. I see this lo- yeah, there's lovely lilt of sunshine coming in there in the back of Velux window there behind you. So uh, that's, uh, that's always a good sign. It's lovely up here as well where we are and uh, as I said, not only is the sun shining on in, in the actual sense, but in the metaphorical sense, the sun seems to be shining in Aston Villa at the moment. And for the first time in a long time, I think that there's consistent and um, a real kind of air of, you know, hope and expectancy. More so, more so um, expectancy, I think, than hope uh, from the last few weeks and months because Villa have had a pretty... Um, flawless, I would say, so far off season. There hasn't been any like nobody has gone away and got made a show of themselves or ended up on the front page of the newspaper for anything. Um, any of the signings that we've we've made have come in, hit the ground so far, so good. Uh, the names that were being linked to look to be pretty decent players, maybe bar one or two that we might talk about later on. Um, the kits seem to be going down like a treat with everybody. I've bought that new blue jumper that the subs wear in the, in the dugout. I think it's absolutely amazing. And we're unbeaten since 
something like the middle of July. We're beating in like nine games now, including preseason as well. So like things don't get much rosier for Villa in the last four or five years, probably since Martin O'Neill was here. So I'm going to take that opportunity to make that little victory lap and talk about all the all the positives that are going on with the club at the moment. Um, I think what we'll start with, we're obviously going to get into Bristol City game uh, last night because it was a joy to watch. Um, but I think before we start that, that there's been a bit, a bit of breaking news this morning. Um, Fenerbahce have announced that they've reached an agreement and signed uh, Samata. They've had the lovely video up, which had some some interesting music in it. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and um, they've they've announced it this morning. Matt Maher from, um, oh gosh, I think he's from the Star, uh, has also announced that he's actually been somebody who's had his finger on the pulse with a lot of Aston Villa stuff this year, uh, along with John Percy. And uh, he's actually a very good follow, uh, in case anybody isn't following him on Twitter. But he's also announced that it's a loan with an, op- with an obligation to buy at the end of the season and that Samata has signed for four years with Fenerbahce. Talk me through that, Paddy. I know that we can't really, I suppose, be looking at getting rid of too many strikers. And I think this signals that we probably would bring someone in. But what's your views on that, on Samata, the deal itself, and uh, maybe where we go from here? Um. Came a bit as a, as a surprise, I suppose, but they, they obviously have someone lined up to to take over. Um, I'm not going to say I was disappointed, but I would have liked to see more of him. Um, it sometimes takes time to grow into the Premier League. He looked at the start; he looked like he was going to be a player. Didn't happen for him. Scored a couple of goals, I think, against Bournemouth. He scored a header. Scored a header in the cup final. He won't be remembered for an awful lot. Um, but I said my only concern is that we leave ourselves light on the ground with strikers. Having said that, Keenan has really grown into his new role. So uh, long may that last. And uh, you know, good luck to Samata. Won't miss all the negative comments on the Aston Villa feed from uh, Tanzania. But um, you know what? He was. He he seemed to be a hard-working guy and. You know, the players seem to like him, but just wasn't up to that level, maybe. I hope we don't regret it and look back in a couple of years when he's banging in goals for Barcelona or something, but I honestly can't see that happening. No, I can't see that happening either. Um, uh, what do I feel on Samata? Uh, I suppose at the time he was signed, I was very positive about it. The reason being is we just needed a body. We needed a striker coming. Yeah. He scored that goal in the cup final, as you mentioned, and he was good in the air. And uh, I think the early promise was there, but lockdown wasn't his friend. He came back out after lockdown and like there was that amazing statistic of him not even hitting a shot in target for like 700 minutes or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. It was like six games and he hadn't had a shot in target. Um, He was brought in, but he was lauded because of his heading ability. He was supposed to be a demon in the air for someone who was so small. But even at that, we were seeing the crosses were going into the box and he was skewing them off his head and they were going over the bar and there were you know there was it was a bit powder puff and I don't blame him at all um hindsight is 2020 and I didn't look at any statistical analysis on him beforehand anywhere shape or form but um I was just happy we got a striker and I'm not going to try and gaslight and turn around and rewrite history because I was excited about him when he came in because you know while the numbers and the stats don't tell a, a story the full story you have to get your eyes on the prize as well to look at the player and see, yes, the statistics say one thing, but, um, you know, numbers can be skewed too as well from that point of view. So it's not, it's not an exact science, but the numbers didn't really 
match up over time and 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 as I started to look at them with with a couple of other guys numbers didn't really match up at time, over time as to how he would integrate into the Premier League and I think maybe just the robust nature of the league itself kind of affected him great goal, goal scoring record in in uh, Belgium and stuff like that and I'm sure he's going to go on and have a great goal scoring record in, in Fenerbahce but it's different in the Premier League and, and I think he's just a victim of that also a victim of a team that were playing in, in themselves and a team that was playing within their shell to try and not lose games I think at the end of the season so while I'm not going to put all the blame at his door I'm going to say that maybe the club didn't not the club maybe the style and what, where the club were didn't exactly suit him um, for what maybe uh, he needed in the, and, and the creativity that was needed for him but I wish him all the best in for the bet I'm expecting to see him score goals. I'm expecting to see it come across. I'm expecting to see some people say we should never let him go. And that's fine. And hindsight, as I say, is twenty twenty. But horses mm-hmm. for courses. He goes, he's going to go and he's going to play in, in the UEFA uh, Cup this year. Or the UEFA League, Europa League, whatever it's called. And uh, he'll probably score goals there too. But, yeah. you know, uh, for us, oh, good luck to yeah. Yeah. it's uh, Obviously, Dean doesn't see anything that he thought he was bringing in, so he's letting him go so quickly. Yeah. Um, he filled the gap. I hope we didn't lose too much money on it, and uh, maybe it's time to draw a line under it now and move on and look at what we could possibly bring in and what the options are. But um, I'm sure behind the scenes they've they've already been working on that, and a few alternatives have been touted, but mm-hmm. nothing confirmed just yet. One of those alternatives, Paddy, was um, I'm going to butcher his. Is it Ante Budimir, um, Croatian striker from Mallorca, who have been relegated into the second division of Spanish football? Mute, mooted fee. Look at this. I'm really becoming a radio pers- personality now. Mooted fee of thirteen and a half million for him. Which, to be honest with you, <laughs> kind of seems a small bit steep. Looking up, looking back on what he's what he's achieved, uh, looking at his statistical analysis, he comes in. Somewhere in and around, like like he's not, he's a target man essentially. Um, you know, I, I I'm it's different to Ollie Watkins, is what I could say. But am I blown away by this? No. Do I think that there's an awful lot in this? I don't know. Uh, do I think he fits into the system? Yes. But for me, thirteen and a half million for somebody who's going to be a bit part player and going to come in and and basically won't be dynamic. I, I'm. Um, I'm open to I'm open to be told more about him because I don't know enough about him, and I know I mentioned the price, and I'm going to stop mentioning prices because I said about four or five podcasts ago that the price shouldn't really matter. Um, but I'd be interested to know if anybody else knows something about him because uh, for me, he's a bit of a beanpole striker in the in the mold of Libor Kozak, and uh, I thought that maybe those days were gone, but um, I could have him completely uh, pigeonholed into the wrong. Yeah. His record isn't great. Um, I know he started off in, in his lower league clubs has been quite prolific. But having said that, 13 goals in 35 games for a struggling Mallorca side isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's not young either. He's 28, 29. 28, 29, yeah. As you say, big lad, he's six foot three. Um, you know, is he going to give us more than... Keenan does, I don't know. Don't know enough about him either, but you know I hope I hope we get what if we if we do buy him, I hope we get what they're expecting. Um but I suppose if someone comes in in the Premier League and scores one goal and three, that's the kind of record yeah. that you know would make people very, very happy. 
you know, if we get someone scoring 12 or 15 goals in the Premier League, bear in mind what's going to come in around them and different strikers and wingers or whatever, he, he might be good enough. But, you know, remains to be seen and we might need to do a little bit more digging to see exactly how good he is. Like, he spent some time at Sampdoria, um, Crotone in, in Italy, New York. He's travelled around an awful lot. The one troubling thing is, I don't think he's played for his country at senior level. So, what does that tell you? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, but I suppose one thing that you that, that I've seen written about him is that he's a worker. That's something that Dean Smith likes. Look, I suppose we're very much in the Andy Ali Watkins train and, and the gravy train with him at the moment. Obviously, he got a goal last night against Bristol that we'll talk about, and he got a goal against Burton Albion as well. But there are going to be games for, but you're going to need a different horse for a different course. And if we're not going to have Wesley back until the turn of the year, um, which probably seems about right for Wesley, uh, you know, you're going to need to have that more battering ram influence up front. Now, Keenan Davis absolutely, I think, could do it. He's growing into this role. But, you know, Mm -hmm. the the one thing that's like, no matter what happens with Keenan Davis, everyone's going to say he's he's only going to be a six, seven goal a year striker. you know, sometimes you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't really when you play a striker, as long as you don't put it, as long, if you don't put it in the back of the net, like you're you're considered no good. And look, I, I can subscribe to that in certain aspects, but there's something about Keenan Davis that makes me think that he's he's one of those late bloomers from that point of view. And um, yeah, as I say, I'm happily to be proven wrong or proven right on that. I don't know, uh, quite know which way it would go yet. But I think with Ante Budimer, it's definitely going to be something along the lines of um, a different horse for a different course, if that makes sense. And the fact that he's probably just got that bit more of a record, he's a bit more steeled to, to, to the nature of defensive football, playing against uh, defensive teams. Because, look, he's spent a lot of time in, in Italy. And uh, I know he didn't score an awful lot for Sampdoria and I know he didn't score an awful lot for Crotone or Crotone or whatever they're called. Um, but playing against defensive football, there might be something in that. Look, I'm sure that there's some statistical analysis here that we're missing too. Um, I'm very convinced that Bertrand Trore was brought into this club based on, based on a statistical profile from Johan Lange. I, it's not been mentioned anywhere, but I'm convinced that he's the first signing um, from the statistical analysis side of things. And maybe this guy might be another one. Um, but like time will tell. Yeah. Um, like if he, as you said there, if he comes in, he's got he's got Milot Rashita whipping him in from one side, Jack playing him through in the middle. Um, you know, Trezeguet has been whipping balls in recently, and uh, and you've got someone like Bertrand Trore who can be a bit more direct and maybe mm. you know getting fellas cutting in, taking shots, balls bouncing off the goalkeeper. You need a big big man that people can't get around. You know, they can take those, uh, get the, the second ball inside there and just tap ins. Like, I'd, I'd sign a tap in merchant, no problem. You know, if, if we get someone like Filippo and Zaghi, who was just there, stood around the goalkeeper waiting for him to drop it, pff, sign me up for it. But uh, I, I don't know if he's that, that, if he's that player. So I'm just saying he could be a different horse for a different course. Um, also, we've been linked, Paddy, with Ross Barkley and uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. Now, we can only sign one of them. Money on the table, who are you signing? Probably not the popular opinion, but I would pick Ross Barkley surely purely on his experience. That would just be my opinion. I think we just need a little bit more, um, say, just it's just experience. That's the, it's the only the only thing I can say. It's I think we're lacking a little bit of it in midfield, just a little bit of uh, 
you know, slow the game down, turn the player, get on the ball, um, talk to the players around him. And, you know, you've got to hope that with the experience he has, he, he will be able to do that for us. Um, I can see the other side of it too with the age profile that we would go with Loftus-Cheek. But um, that's just my opinion. I'd just like to see a little bit more experience put in around the side. Um, be that whoever we decide to sign at, mid, at, uh, at the centre midfield or up front. But just need a few more voices on the pitch, I think. I'm in the Ross Barkley camp as well, but I'm indifferent to either or. Are. I think that... Uh, I don't know where Ruben Loftus-Cheek's best position is. This is what kind of what kind of gets me. I don't know what his best position is. I don't know yeah. if it's number eight. I don't know if it's, you know, if, if it's more of a holding midfielder. I don't know if it's a box-to-box midfielder type. You know, if Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes in here, I think that he could perform at 60-70% in any role, whether it be John McGinn's role, whether it be Conor Oren's role, whether it be, um, whether it be Douglas Louise's role. That, that versatility could be good. Saying that, I do know what I have in Ross Barkley. And Ross Barkley, unfortunately, would come in and would usurp Conor Horan um, and probably play in that number eight role and be that creator in midfield. Now, if we do buy Ross Barkley, we are very much in the situation of two things. Jack is playing on the left and we're a bit up shit creek if we lose Douglas Louise. There's still, yeah. that, there's still that option. If Douglas Louise gets injured, his role is so pivotal, and I spoke about it in every, in every podcast we did uh, during lockdown. The change in defense has come from his positioning. There's a mental stat, or there's a mental um, uh, touches map of Douglas Louise, and it's almost like someone erected a force field or an electric fence across a line about 10 yards outside of the, um, the Sheffield United box. And Douglas Louise's discipline not to go past that line is amazing. I'll try and sh- I, I, I know this. Um, I think it was Sid Lowe shared it out, but I'll, I'll try and share it with you later, Paddy. It's mental. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it's, he goes to a spot. It's like as if he was wearing a, a, a tag on his foot that beeped every time he went close to that side. It was, it's crazy, the discipline. That's, that's what he's become. He's become that disciplined player that can take the ball at the edge of the box and will only go so far. That's why we're not seeing him take these uh, thunder, uh, thunderous shots from the edge of the area because yeah. he's, kinda, he's picking it up, he's spraying it, he's moving back to get there and be, be kind of that, that, that cover in front of the, the back four. And I'm delighted with that. So signing Ross Barkley is fantastic. I'm all for it, but I do have that, uh, that itch in the back of my head with regards to what happens if Douglas Luiz goes down? And I suppose I'm going to have that regardless of whoever I have because I'm not convinced yeah. that Ruben Loftus-Cheek can do that job either. Yeah, it's, look, it's, we, we just don't know what's going to happen here. The, the fact that Chelsea have included Ross Barkley in their first two games mm. would lead you to believe that maybe they're not anywhere near close to signing them and it's a lot of hearsay. Mm-hmm. But um, there isn't a whole, a whole pile out there that we can put our finger on and say that might be available. So, it might be a case that we have to settle for one of Johan Lang's signings from overseas and what will be will be, but it seems it seems to not go away this this link with Chelsea. I know the, the Loftus Cheek has come in in the last few days, but I just can't I can't see them parting with Loftus Cheek at that age. Um they seem a bit reluctant to let their younger players go. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my opinion on it. But um so I think Ross Barkley is probably more realistic, but time will tell. Yeah, uh, I completely forgot all about. I 
what I was saying there about Douglas Louise as well, um, I left Marvelous in the camp out, and the reason I did that is because recently he was linked to Galatasaray, and those rumours don't go away as well. I think if we played the Turkish League, we'd, we'd be in the Champions League every year, by the way, because all our players <laughs> seem to end up in Turkey. It's just that point too. But uh, Marvelous in the camp, obviously, I didn't forget about him. Um, yeah. I kind of purposely didn't, didn't put him in there because he has been linked away from the club. If he goes, we certainly need to sign two midfielders, I think. But then again, we've got a massive squad go. overhaul. I don't think he'll yeah. go either. I don't, I don't see the reason for him to go. Mm. I, think he, I think he offers something in this squad. Um, but uh, I, I think that if he does, like if he does go, which I don't think he will go, once again, uh, state that, that you know, we've, yeah. we've a full squad overhaul again. You know, exactly. He, do, he doesn't have the creativeness of Douglas Louise. He doesn't have no. his passing ability. He doesn't have his cleverness, but he does have the ability to be in the right place to break up play. Mm. And sometimes you need a bit of that too if you've been overhauled in midfield. Exactly. Um, play quite well last night as well. So I, I, I do believe that he's liked in, in the coaching setup. So mm-hmm. I, I can't see him moving anytime soon. And I think the, the emergence of Jacob Ramsey, Ramsey, should I say, who was brilliant last night. I thought he was fantastic last night. Uh, obviously, he was out and do- out and on at Doncaster last year. Played six games, scored two goals. Didn't get an awful lot of a look in at Doncaster, but they were very happy with what they saw from him. Probably uh, was a bit light for maybe that division, but he's put on a bit of a bit of stock in his body this year, and he's mm-hmm. uh, like he acquitted himself really well last night. Uh, another guy that's coming into contention as well there, so maybe he might be in contention for the rotational piece for number eight for the number eight position. Um, obviously that would free up uh, the club to kind of maybe look and go to go to sign another midfielder, as we say. Um, yeah. I'm okay with keeping him. I don't think that he. I, I think if he learns within our system at 19 years of age, it suits us. It suits us as well as sending him out on loan to a Preston or someone like that. And I don't know why I always think of Preston when sending out players on loan as well. By the way, um, but sending him out on loan to somebody like that and then coming back to us, um, I'm okay with players like him staying around the fringes of the squad and getting maybe eight, seven, eight, nine, ten appearances in the league this year and growing that way because. Um, building players through like Dean Smith plays to a system and building players through that system for me is very important instead of sending them out on loan to get quote-unquote experience you can get just as much experience playing within the system and become a system player as well for me and I think we're kind yeah. of at that stage that we need to we can still we can grow a player like him within within our own system and and like last night proved it and I think that's where we'll move on to Bristol because uh, we I said we'd only spent five minutes talking about transfers and we're nearly 20 minutes down the line. But uh, Bristol City last night, um, obviously team sheet was, or the team was named. I put no, like it didn't affect my, my um, optimism for the game whatsoever. I put no state in the game, in the team sheet. What I wanted to see was a good coherent performance, a good coaching performance from Dean Smith because I think even before and during lockdown and coming into the Premier League this year, the biggest narrative that was lost is that Dean Smith is a coach. And he knows how to coach teams. And I think we're seeing his coaching of the team of, of the team shine through, even when we put out these, these patched-together teams. Uh, great to see Jed Steer back in goals. It was for first competitive start since rupturing his Achilles tendon. Not a nice uh, injury to have. Uh, we had the Egyptian Beckenbauer was in the middle of, uh, middle of defense last night, uh, El Mohamedy, um, which I thought was interesting because that, like, that really means that Smith loves to have a left and a right-footed player in central defense at all. You know, if, if he can, um, like he could have brought up one of, the, one of the academy players. He played El Mohamedy in there and, and you know, 
they weren't tested too much in there. He didn't mm. exactly do anything wrong. Gulbert was in right back. Um, as I say, Jacob Ramsey was there. Henry Lansbury. You know, all in all, I thought it was it was very much our second team, but they didn't miss a beat. They played to the system and they played to the level that was put in front of them and they excelled. And obviously we had Bertrand Trori there as well. And I, I was very, very happy with the with the performance. Taking aside the goals, and we talk about the goals, I suppose, in their in, in their own merit in a moment, Paddy. But what was your views on it? You know, when you're looking at it, were you was there anything that really kind of floated your boat from that game last night? Well, to be honest, I, I saw the the team come in, and I had watched Bristol City recently. I think it was Northampton they played. They played lovely football. So when I saw the team, I was a little bit worried. I was like, oh my god, I don't think I think Bristol City have won all their games this season as well. Um, so I was kind of worried, you know. I was I was looking at Elmo and Gilbert and the team going, "What's he done here?" There's only one centre half, you know. So to see Elmo line up at centre half was a bit of a, a shock. But um, you know, we were never really tested. The the team gelled very well, which was mm-hmm. um, obviously a bonus if you got to change a whole team and still play quite well. And on the other hand, most of them are probably playing in the, in the Friday game against the first team for the weekend. So yeah. whenever the Friday game falls at, at the moment, but you know, you know yourself when they, they normally play just before the, yeah. the, the weekend that they would play against you know, the inter team game, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I would imagine, with the exception of Traore, we're not going to see anybody else. Um, from the start eleven last night, making a start, possibly El Ghazi if they if they go with him. But I think Traore had way too much to offer last night to be to be leaving him out of the side. So um, I thought Keenan was the standout performer. Probably could have had a goal himself. Very unselfish to give the ball to El Ghazi. Um, I thought Courtney House did okay. Nothing, no major worries there. Um, I thought Gilbert was very good. Um, good to see him back. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he's hurting a little bit, judging by what he's saying on social media. You know that he really, really, really wants this to work. Um, we're obviously not privy to what's going on behind the scenes, but you know he seems genuinely up for this and and wants it to work. But um, I'd love to know what the thinking is because obviously they've brought in Maddie Cash over his head. He's obviously going to be starting right back. So, um, let's see what the the next couple of weeks bring for him. But uh, yeah, can't can't complain with the performance. Um, no, no, no real letdown. Lansbury didn't see a whole pile. Uh, Ramsey, as you say, was fantastic. Nakamba did what he normally does, just just bossed that there and broke up the play. And um, you know, Bristol City are good football inside. Um, bit of experience in there with, with Chris Brunt. Um. They look very comfortable, but just couldn't get anywhere near us. I thought we were on a different level. Yeah. I like a couple of Bristol City. Actually, just before I go through breaking news, Aston Villa have announced that Adi Samad has joined joined Fenerbahce, just as we said. And they have an absolutely massive... Uh, announcement. It says, Ali Samad has joined Turkish side Fenerbahce. We would like to wish Ali all the best. End announcement. (laughs) 
<laughs> literally, literally, literally two lines is what they have up about it. My God, that's cold. Um, <laughs> we did we did a better eulogy for Eddie Smith than the club did. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyway, back to Bristol City. Um, uh, yeah, like the the team gelled well. I'm look. Uh, Craig Shakespeare. Maybe it could be something to do with Craig Shakespeare coming in. I know that he is very regimental kind of. Uh, uh, coach and stuff like that and obviously Watford got very kind of disciplined regimented very quickly as well and, and maybe it could be something to do with that that as I say you're implementing a system and that system is going to be played by players uh, regardless of, of who they are and that's kind of exciting in a way because we see what Chris Wilder did with a system last year now obviously you have to you have to evolve past that and uh, you know have the bit of bit of creativity and I think we're bringing that in up top and that's something that we're, I'm going to be talking about an awful lot over the course of the year as I see it um, I like that Bristol City team as I say they were, well they didn't have an awful lot of flair players you mentioned people like Chris Brunt the Green Chris Brunt back there but Casey Palmer the midfielder in there he's a nice nice player nice player in there and they also had Nicholas Eliasson that we've been linked to um, on the left wing and he causes a bit of problems whipping balls into the box they didn't start Chris Martin up front maybe you know like that he he was a good player actually Eliasson and I know as I say we were linked with him and for the right price I think I would bring him in there as a as a as a wing option to to change the game up because he's a bit different like if we're playing Jack on the left we're playing Bertrand Bertrand Troy on the right both of them cutting inside essentially uh, now, I know Jack is, is equally as good with both feet, but he does cut inside from that left-hand side, and Bertrand Troy will definitely be cutting inside from the right-hand side. You know, to have a w- winger that just gets to the byline and gets it across is, is, is beneficial too. I'm all for that, uh, as I say. Whether he's up to the standard, I don't know, but I'd like yeah. to ice off from him last night. Uh, and and the, team, the team, as I say, that Bristol team didn't cause us too much trouble, but... Um, you know, Dean Holden is just basically carrying over an awful lot from Lee Johnson, except he's doing it with less smugness. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, all, all the best to all the best to Bristol City this year. But we were by far the better team last uh, last night, and you could see it straight away from the first goal. Keenan Davis, you know, our second-rate striker, he gets that ball, takes it down, goes down, goes down the long byline, comes out a small bit, has an option to shoot, passes it back to El Ghazi, who who passes it into the net. Very easy goal for him. Yeah. Um, tried to do a bit much last night for me, I guess, but I'm not going to slate him. As I say, he did everything right. He he's he's dead right to have shots in a game like that last night when we were winning. See what's coming off. Try things and 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 fair play to him. I thought he put in a good shift last night. Um, the second goal, Paddy. I'm going to let you talk about the second goal because uh, that one uh, warmed the cockles of a lot of Aston Villa fans last night. I think. But uh, talk to us about that. I I actually thought I'd. Uh wandered into my teenager's room and looked at a game of FIFA. <laughs> the, I'm, the glad you, was, I'm glad you said a game of FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the finish was that measured and, you know, just, it's just the most un-Aston Villa goal you're likely yeah. to see. Yeah. Um, the ball from Ramsey, fantastic, you know, lovely cushion volley with a little bit of loop on it up dropped in the back post it's just it's nearly impossible to describe you know <laughs> um, the I big thing hope... Paddy did he mean it oh I think he meant it alright I think he did I, I think, think he was so. having a shot alright yeah I think yeah um, it just it was like as if it was on a magnet yeah it's fantastic absolutely fantastic finish um, and, and 
as you say, social media went into meltdown once the call went in. Yeah, it was absolutely. unbelievable. Uh, just one of those goals that we'll, we'll remember for this uh, the best goal of the season so far. But I just hope he can bring that into the Premier League. And you know, if he gets five, six, seven, eight goals from out there this season, I'll be very happy. Absolutely. And look, as I say, as as I've I've said about him in anything, I've looked at him and the clips I've gotten from him, a white scout, all the stat, statistical analysis, and you know, obviously your YouTube Euro pop. Um, clips for 10 minutes of him doing stepovers as well. What you see from him is he's definitely an inside forward. Uh, inside forward is where he's going to want to play. Um, and that suits what Dean Smith's st- um, scheme is as well. So if we can get a lot more of those, uh, I'm not going to say those type of goals, but a lot more goals from that part, that part of the field, we'd be absolutely, um, absolutely delighted with him, I think. Uh, yeah, he was powerful. He got back a good bit as well. You know, I think he just looked up to play for a new team. And, uh, you know, some players are like that. Some players go stale at, at clubs and maybe they just, you know, maybe he didn't fully grasp the cultural aspect of, uh, and this is probably me being being silly. Obviously, he would have, uh, he would be immersed in a lot of French culture being uh Burkinabe, I think is how you pronounce it from, from Burkina Faso. I think that's what they're called, Burkinabes. Okay. But, um, you know, obviously there was, I think there's a, a level of colonialism there as well, so he would be immersed in an awful lot in French culture. But sometimes people don't click with managers and Rudy Garcia, I would imagine, can be would be pretty militant in a lot of the things that he would do in the drilling of teams and so on because he has been a really good coach over the course of the years. And maybe that, uh, you know, people don't, just don't click. And that could have been it as well because a lot of Leon fans said that he maybe wasn't up for the challenge and stuff, but look, bang up for it against Bristol City for me last night. And uh, as I say, if he continues to make impacts like he did last night, all the better for me. The third goal, Paddy, it was uh, very much uh, substitutes coming on, showing what they can yeah. do as well. Talk us through the third goal as well. Yeah, typical Ollie Watkins goal from what we've seen. Um, Trezeguet drilling the ball in along the ground and, you know, nice tight finish at the, to the near post past the keeper. Um, as I said, typical Ollie Watkins goal. Um, I think we'll see a lot more of them <laughs> throughout the season. And uh, credit, credit to Trezeguet, he came on and did quite well when he did come on. Um, and I think the old Trezeguet would have been trying to get a, a shot in there. But as we've we've seen... Um, he's turned into a more team-focused player this season by the looks of it. Uh, great ball in for uh, Watkins against Manu, and then again mm-hmm. last night. So uh, fingers crossed we can we can turn around his uh, fortunes as well and and get him involved and have somebody there. You know, if if we do have injury suspensions or just need an extra body in there, that he'll do it because uh, I think the signs are good from the start of the season and just let's hope he can bring it on into into the Premier League. He is definitely growing on me uh, as a man and as a player. Uh, I watched that uh, new halftime thing that they were going to have with Kazoo where they have to cut out of the car and you have to try and kick the ball out of through <laughs> yeah. the wheels to win a car or through the windows to win a grand. And uh, <laughs> literally, it just meant for him to be able to kick it through the window. It was like, like I think that he just loves playing the game of football. Um, a lot of, I suppose, uh, there's a lot of players, especially flair players and wingers, they get a hard rap sometimes of not caring about the, about the team or caring about football and just wanting to be the main man. I've been guilty of saying that that's what I think Agassi sometimes has, has that kind of a, an attitude about him. 
And I think it's easy to, to level that at wingers because it's always a case that, oh, well, the winger didn't track back to help the, the fullback. And look, a lot of these could be tropes and they could be um, almost stereotypes for, for these type of players. But with Trezeguet, I got the feeling he kicks it through the window and he's like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever done in football. And then he goes <laughs> down training and he crosses the ball into Ali Watkins who puts it in the back of the net and he goes, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever done, done in football. And I get that feeling about him that he's just excited to play the game. And... and uh, yeah, I just I, like I've completely turned almost 180 degrees in him from January of last year. I've I I, I think bedding in process for him has been hard, and uh, even having one of his mates in, a, in El Mahamedi here, I think the bedding in process has been hard for him. And look, he's an impact player off the bench for sure. And if he continues to have a great um, ability to find what Ollie Watkins at the back post, well then. You know that that could be that could be worth five, six, seven goals to us this season, and and uh, sometimes players just click together. And uh, if if it is Trezeguet and Watkins, well, then that's good news for Aston Villa. And I'm definitely like, there's no way doubt in my mind that Trezeguet will not be playing this full season for Aston Villa this year. Um, I'd be, uh, I'd, be <laughs> I'd be definitely in agreement with you there. And I think Agassi does too. I think we see Agassi here for the year. I don't I don't envisage him going unless he kicks up a fuss. Um, Probably I not. I think I, I think he'd be I think he'd be there as backup and to play in games like last night. Yeah, um, and and I think that I think that they'll be used like even if we do bring in Rashica and, and even Traore, I think that we were sp- speaking about strikers. I think the fluidity of having a front line that can cross and play in three separate positions. Like I think you could put Jack up front as well, play the ball into his feet and see how he gets out with a centre half. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that's where I would play him. I'm not saying that Aston Villa have that. But if you wanted to put him in there for five minutes to get the defence thinking, you absolutely could. The, the Liverpool model is basically something we could see in that aspect. Um, and then obviously have the change of pace players like or the change of style players like Bodomir if he does come in or Keenan Davis. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. And I think there is an op- there is a place for Trezeguet and Algazi because I'll go back to it again. We had 16, fit- 16 Premier League players last year, three of them were goalkeepers. That's and that's yeah. why. That's like that's why everybody was getting frustrated and giving out and saying Dean Smith, Dean Smith's substitutions are crappy. He brings off Trezeguet and brings on Algazi. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. We didn't have a massive support. Didn't have the quality there, yeah. And now hopefully we do. Third kit, Paddy, before we, we put a bow on this one. How, what's the crack with the third kit? Um, I'll let you start. <laughs> okay, well, um, obviously we saw leaked versions of it a few weeks back and then it went very quiet and then all of a sudden it was dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I must admit, when I saw the leaked version, I thought, Oh, how lazy, camouflage, blah, blah, blah. But then when I saw the video yesterday of the, the story behind it and uh, the map of the West Midlands, let us say, and uh, the badge being where Villa Park is, I thought it was, it's different. Um, and I actually like it. It's grown on me. Um, the goalkeeper short, although it's blue, has grown on me too. So uh, I don't think I'd invest in the goalkeeper short, but I'd say I'll definitely buy this one. You have said exactly the same thing that I would say. I didn't like. I don't see the point in camouflage jerseys. When they came out and they thought they said that this is what it is. It's the hinterland of Birmingham, take, encapsulating in like areas of places like Solihull, uh, Hales Own, uh, all these lo- different places, Sutton Coalfield, all these places that would be Aston Villa hotbeds, hotbeds. Yeah. of support from like 
1800s upwards. And that actually got me thinking and looking at it and going, that now, now that I understand the meaning behind it, that it wasn't just a lazy, we'll put camouflage on it, you know, and, and there's nothing against camouflage or anything like that. But when there's a thought process behind it for a third jersey, I actually do like it, you know, and, and as you say, it's begun to grow on me too as well. I, I like the fact that it's a subtle kind of change in color as well with the, the want of a better word, the camo um, type. Uh, it's a subtle change in color. The leaked version was very much the changes in color were very much in your face. And, uh, and I didn't really like that. But the one thing I will say is I absolutely despise the shorts. Those kappa signs in the back and the arse of the shorts are just are a show. <laughs> Um, and and like I'm not all not one for hoping things peel off in the in the wash, but if I did get a pair of those those togs, I'd be hoping that the kappa signs peeled off in the wash. But uh, I'd be putting it in a ninety degree wash anyway first thing, <laughs> and then getting out the iron and ironing from the back to try and peel them off if I was wearing those shorts those shorts. But uh, I don't think we'll have to worry about wearing those shorts. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, no, no. Uh, we won't get called up by Dean Smith anytime soon. Um, Paddy, before we leave as well, obviously a game last night means that we need to have a man of the match. And uh, I'm going to ask you to pick our Laker Sports God Choice man of the match. Once again, Laker Sports, uh, L-A-O-C-H-R-A. Laker Sports are a sports company. They do team wear and they do hoodies for schools. They do school stuff as well. They're a very uh, reputable company based in Limerick in Ireland. Um, you can find them on Laker uh, Lakers dot i think is what it is and as i say give the give the guys a call if you're looking if your team out there if you're your club your sports club anything if they're looking for a set of jerseys if they're looking for a set of socks set of set of uh, set of togs they'll do a better job on the togs than kappa did i can guarantee you that and uh, they'll do a, a better job on the jersey than um than wolves third kit and they'll do a better job on the jersey than my united's third kit i can guarantee you that as well um also if you're looking for anything like t-shirts uh, as i say hoodies they do the full the full remit, gear bags, whatever. Uh, give them a shout. John will be delighted to take your phone call and he will uh, he'll uh, do you a solid tell him we did that we sent you along. But that's my little plug for Lakers Sports out of the way. Paddy, who's your Lakers Sports God's choice, man of the match from last night's game? Well, thank God for your um your big uh, intro there because <laughs> a bit of time to think about it because I've completely forgotten about it. But um process of elimination between uh, Keenan, Traore and Ramsey I have decided to give it to Keenan Davis Excellent Excellent Can't I, I, I think I that. think the guy is growing into the player we hoped he would be and I just hope he can bring that level of performance I thought he was very good the other night too so I think he can bring that level of performance to the Premier League level and I hope that we've got one of our own long term and he he will eventually grow into a goal scorer and adapt his game to to and even at that he like he, he's not great he's a team player he could have had a shot for the the body square for El Ghazi to score so yeah I, I think there's only one option for me yeah excellent and I, I I completely agree as I said there were the three main standouts and look Keenan Davis take a bow you did fantastic last night as well so we're onwards we roll onwards towards Fulham um on Monday night, uh, once again, just to let you guys know, changed kickoff time, I think, for the Fulham game. It was supposed to be 8.15 or 8 o'clock, I think. You know, it's been brought back to like 7.45 or something along those lines. 5.45. Uh, 5.45, sorry. Yeah, it's 5.45 for the Fulham game. Um, it's 5.45 kickoff. Uh, the 
the eight o'clock kickoffs are gone now. They're being brought back, and then subsequently the earlier kickoffs are being brought back too, uh, all on account of the pubs closing in the UK at ten o'clock. So uh, <laughs> you know, um, we don't gives you time to drink up after the game and celebrate, I suppose, before before you get turfed out in your ear. Um, but that's uh, for a completely different type of podcast than ours. Um, Thanks once again, everybody, for listening. We'll be back to you with a with a preview pod, maybe over the over the course of the weekend. Might be a very long one, but look, as I say, uh, we're on a roll with a very winnable game against Fulham. Things are going well in the club at the moment. I, for one, are absolutely I'm absolutely delighted. Right decisions are being made, and I think all that's really left to say, guys, is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.